Welcome to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Kingdom Mandate. Um, and we are here with a very important message for the body of Christ so that you can take remembrance of who you are and also the importance of having that um, relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm joined here today with co-host Minister Gloria Vasquez and Minister Belinda McKenzie. And we are talking about the signs of the time and the end of the age. And our topic is based around great tribulations. Now, if this is your first time listening in, go back to the former messages that we delivered so that you can um, get the full essence of Matthew 24. Um, we have been on talking about this for around 10 episodes. So, if you want to uh, go back and listen in and, and catch up with us as we are talking about this great tribulations, the seven trumpets is a part of the great tribulations. So we'll be going over that today. And inside of Matthew 24, the disciples came to Jesus asking him to disclose the things that were to come. And they asked for the signs of his coming and what is the end of the age. So Jesus responds back in, in, he, in Matthew 24, and he gives them a detailed revelation of what it's going to look like. So we are talking about that in this hour. But remember, he also told us, he said, uh, God, you know, we have a solution for uh, this, that we don't experience uh, some of these things that are going to come about. They will come about because there's not one word that has not been uh, fulfilled according to the word of God. And so we, we must not be troubled is what Jesus told us. That's our beginning instruction. We must not be troubled because he has a plan for us. And that is in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven with him. So uh, before we go off into this uh, wonderful message for the body of Christ, 
and also for anyone that's listening out there, it's a beautiful message to you that gives you an opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we want to pray. We want to pray and welcome the presence of God to be with us and to take full control of our communication and to divide the word of God rightly before the saints. Um, Minister Gloria, can you please open us up in prayer? Yes. Father God, we praise you and we thank you, dear God, for this day. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for getting us up and out, dear God. Thank you for your word, Lord God, that you bring us, Lord. I pray, Father God, that your word go forth pure and holy, dear God, that we will be able to hide behind your cross and allow you, Holy Spirit, to minister to your people, dear God, through us. Father God, we pray that... uh, you open the mind of our understanding, dear God, that you open up our hearts, dear God, our entire beings, that we will receive your word fully and that we will grasp its meaning, dear God, as you intend for us to have it, Father God, that it should transform our hearts and renew our minds, dear God, and that you would make us a people ready, Father God, for the times uh, that we're living in, dear God, and that we can go forth with your gospel to all the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to read a little bit um, about where we were um, and where we where we be talking about today as well. Uh, we're again uh, looking at Matthew 24. So I just want to read 21 and 22 um, because that is our focus uh, for this uh, radio program today on the Kingdom Mandate, and we are talking about where Jesus said. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, no, nor shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh to be saved. But for the elect's sake, these days shall be shortened. Wow. Very powerful two sentences in Revelations, um, Matthew 24, and we all need to pay very close attention because our Father speaks. Our Father speaks. So we want to talk about, again, our focus today is about the great tribulations, and we're looking at the seven trumpets that are disclosed to come about during that time. Um, So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's um, summarize it, and let's move into the topic. So the seven trumpets is a sounding of the battle cry of impending holy judgment, holy judgment. And the judgment is is against the wicked, which is required by God's holiness because uh, they refuse to heed to the call of the Lord. And then also this is a time where uh, we're receiving a long-awaited answer to the prayers of the saints as we re- we will read in Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. And we also talked about it before um, in some of the sessions where the saints were crying out to God to clear the earth of wickedness. And that was in Revelation 6, 9 uh, through 10. And I'll just read a little bit of it so we can refresh our memory. It said, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood to them that dwell on the earth? And as the trumpet sounds one after another, 
um, in this Revelations 8 which and 9, and uh, also we'll uh, pick up the seventh trumpet in um, Revelations 11. Uh, we may not get through all of them today, but we're going to try to get through some of them. Um, it's a time where God's might, again, is being unleashed against the impetinent of the earth who still spurn him. As well, as we shared last week, God does not destroy the wicked until his remnant witnesses are first sealed. So we know that this is not going to take place until the sealing of the remnant takes place. So the the trumpets will be sounded afterwards, according to Revelations 8. And I'm going to read uh, Revelations 8 now uh, so that we can um, get ready to talk about these seven trumpets that will be released during the Great Tribulations upon the earth. So reading from Revelations 8, verse 1, it says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And we all know that the time of God is different from the time of man in the earth. So he's saying a space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it onto the earth. And there were voices, thundering, and lightning, and earthquake. And the seven angels which had these seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hell, fire, mingled with Blood, and there were cast upon the earth, and a third part of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea had life died. The third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great store from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. And the name of the store is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was was darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld it and heard an angel flying through the midst of the heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe! Woe, woe, to the inhabitants of the earth, 
by reason of the, the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. So in, in uh, chapter 8, we see that um, there were four trumpets that uh, went forth. And then when we move into Revelations chapter 9, we see that there are going to also be uh, three, well, two more trumpets blown. And I'm just going to move down to uh, verse 13 of chapter 9 and read the two sounding of the trumpets. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying, The sixth angel which had the trumpet loosed the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for for to slay a third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. And I heard the number of them, and thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat upon them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth stone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone. For these three were the third part of the men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth for their power is in their mouth and in their tails where the tails were like unto serpents and the head had heads and with them they do hurt and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not the works of their hands and they should not worship devils and idols in gold and silver and brass and stones and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorcerers, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. And so um, when we move uh, further down, we can see that I think I missed number five, so I want to back up a little bit. I missed number five, the sound in the the first verse. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of smoke of the pit, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them were given as powers the power of scorpions of the earth having power, and and was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which had not the seal of God on their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they were they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall man seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die. The death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like the horses prepared unto battle. 
and on their head was as the were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and the teeth were as the teeth of a lion, and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were things in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in Greek, in the Greek term, his name is Apollyon, who one woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more after. So I want to move to the seventh one, which is in um, Revelations eleven fifteen through nineteen. Revelation Revelations eleven. through 19. Okay. So in Revelations 11, 15 through 19, it says, And after three days and half the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood up upon their feet, a great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they had and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither, and they ascended up to heaven in the cloud, and their enemies beheld them, and the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men. 7,000, and the remnant was affrighted and gave glory to, to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever in the Four and twenty elders were set before God on the seats, fell upon their faces, and worshiping, worship God, saying, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. I will stop there, and we will move back to Revelation 8, verse 7. That is where we're going to focus on um, right now in regards to the trumpet so that we can um, break this down accordingly. Again, dividing the word of God rightly in the eyes or the sovereign will of God. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will be our guide in all of this in Jesus' name. So I want to just give a, a summary of what is going on here in Revelations 8, verse 7. And, and it's quite uh, a, a serious picture here because when we talk about hell and fire coming down and 
taken a part uh, of the trees away and all green grass, you know, green grass is being destroyed by all of this fire. And we we live with greenery. We need greenery to live in the earth. It gives us oxygen and food that grows. And, um, you know, but we have another side that is, promoting the, these things. You know, humanists and other rebels will want no part of God. And thus God re- removes a portion of the earth's vital nourishment, which he has provided for man on, on the third day of creation for us to survive. He have, you know, he had given us uh, dominion and power over it, but are we really relishing what the Lord have given us? Is provoking or promoting um, these the blowing of the trumpets to occur in the earth. So the first angel sounded, and there followed hell and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Let's let's look at that um, here. What the Lord has given you in that area, Minister Gloria? Well, we have, um, at this point now, it's, it's no longer talking about a third of the green grass. It's now talking about all of the green grass. But there, there's total judgment coming, and uh, there's nothing to be left unturned here. Uh, at one point, we had made mention uh when the disciples were looking at the buildings of the temple and they asked Jesus, do you see these buildings? And he said, I tell you, not one stone will be left unturned. And now here we're looking at the creation of God and the judgment is coming upon everything. Uh, Now it's all of the green grass. You know, we think of grass as a a luxury. It's one of the the things that uh, adorns our, our world. And um, it's going to be eliminated as well in the judgment. Amen. And um, as I said, it's something that we need. We need grass because it's a part of the supply of oxygen. The very basic things that we need, you know, not basic. It's a very important asset to man. To be able to breathe, we need the oxygen in in the earth. We need to be able to have clean oxygen in the earth. So when we talk about grass and trees being destroyed, that 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 takes away a lot for us, um, and it also allows for extra debris and pollution to exist and and uh, grow even more. Now. Let's talk about great tribulation times. Do we foresee that some of these things may be happening now? Uh, Minister Belinda McKenzie. Okay. It looks like uh, there's some technical difficulty there. But, you know, let's let's talk about it. I believe... um, Reverend uh, Betty Shelby, you're on the line with us today. Would you like to share any insights in that area?
No, not at this time. Okay. All right. Thank you. So it, it, it it's a very serious matter that when we don't have access to the basic necessities that we need in the earth, and um, we can see that when these things start to happening, start happening, and it, 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 it again, in God's eyes, what we would say is good and right, and what is bad is different from what we would say. You know, I was I was listening to um, a uh, conversation today, a debate on Al Jazeera regarding um, right and wrong and what is faith and, um, you know, the view of uh, an atheist and the view of uh, someone that is a Muslim, what their, their, you know, the Muslim was standing almost pretty close to where Christianity stands, and that is uh, the fact that we have a basis of faith of what we don't see, we believe in it. Whereas the atheist was like, you know, we believe in what is right and wrong. But the question is, is how do we determine what is right and wrong? Is it in man's views or is there some type of guideline um, that aligns us to it? And, um, you know, if we have a stop sign and and the world law is is that we stop we stop sign no doubt when we see a stop sign we're supposed to stop and if uh, in 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 another country they say well you can just you know uh bypass it even though the stop sign is there if no one is there present okay so we have more than one view going that is based on men's perception, men's ways, based on the environment that they live in, based on um, the place where they come from or their their tradition or their custom, then things become, get out of the kingdom mandate, out of the order of God. And this is where chaos begins to assemble into the earth. Would you like to share your thoughts in that area, Minister Gloria? Yes, you know, um, you, you were saying earlier about how the grass affects uh, the greenery, the trees, affects uh, the very oxygen. It affects also the agriculture. Um, it will affect uh, the, the, the feeding of the animals. And um, uh, it seems as if uh, God is assaulting the environment. Uh, and that's where he, he's going to begin. And when our environment is assaulted, it will absolutely affect mankind as well. Um, so uh, uh, that's where that's where the uh, the judgments here begin with these uh, with the, with these these angels, these seven angels. Uh, but we see a lot of that today too. We see a lot of the pollution of the waters of the of the soil of the earth. Uh, we already see how that's uh, affecting mankind in their health uh, and in their well-being, in their ability to uh, to provide for uh, humanity globally. Uh, we have areas of the earth where there's a terrible famine, plague, disease, and it's because of the inability of the earth to provide um, what what man needs in terms of agriculture, uh, clean water, clean air, uh, people affected with cancer, 
because of the environment and the water they're drinking and uh, uh, the, the pesticides, this, the pollution, that we, we see it, it's evident already. Yes, and I, I believe we're beginning to see some of these things happening where uh, we're experiencing changes in cor- carbon monoxide. Um, we're experiencing uh, climate change, and we also see uh, the increase of fires um, in the earth. And um, not only that, you know, because in August and October, there there was the largest amount of global fires uh, throughout the world. And um, even the scientists recognize it. And, you know, NASA has their global maps where where it can be seen. Um, And I wonder, you know, if anyone is paying a close attention to this or that they are taking in consideration that it was prophetically pronounced by John the Revelator, who was given to see the mysteries of the the uh, future, um, that these things will come to pass and that they have been coming, increasing uh, as time goes on, that, that these different events are occurring. And I, I wonder how the world, uh, you know, the people, the, well, I would say, the children of God, even the the body of Christ, is if they're paying attention to these things in this hour, or if they're just allowing day and night to continue to move by because we busy ourselves too much. Uh, would you like to share any uh, final thoughts on the first trumpet at this time, Minister Gloria? Uh, no, I. I um... You know, when we when we when we look at this on the surface, we say, "Oh, it's just the grass that it's talking about," and we we take it um, very literally. But just like this, when we start to think about all the things that that may affect, uh, we we start to see uh, the greater picture of just how even one of these, how many things it's, it would affect in, in the life on the earth how it would disturb life on the earth. Imagine the masses of humanity without the ability to have agriculture, to have uh, uh, oxygen, to have, to have uh, clean food, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, recently there was the floodings in Puerto Rico and uh, immediately they started talking about bacteria in those stagnant waters. Uh, so how mankind would be affected and mm-hmm. the inability, the inability, if this happened worldwide, the inability of one area to be able to help another because everyone would be affected at the same time. So it would be great. Okay, and we definitely are going to talk about the solution to all of this because I know that there's a lot of people out there that may be listening in or may come and listen in in the future. There always is a solution to all of this to where we all can uh, overcome, be overcomers and not experience these things in the earth. 
and and um, we're going to talk about that later. But let's look at uh, Revelations eight eight, where we're talking about the second angel sounding, because it is, again it is a part of the great tribulations that will occur in the earth. And it says uh, the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. That That's a quite a big effect that is occurring in the earth because if the waters become bloody, said if the waters become bloody, that also too is unclean, is defiled. And it's not talking about like a mountain, but it's something that as a great as great as a mountain that is burning with fire and cast into the sea. And and a third part of the sea is becoming blood, which is not entirely a new occurrence. It's something that has happened before. We we know that um, Moses uh, turned um, the Nile River Nile into blood, and with the, according to the will of God. And then a third of the sea creatures are dying at this time. A third of the ships are being destroyed. This is a, a it's a miracle. It's not something that. Um, man has any control of, and it's a judgment on the Antichrist and his his hierarchical structure in the earth. This is why these things are coming about. It's a it's a judgment upon that which is Antichrist that with an S that does not have any reverence to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The fact that he came on the earth to save us all. And so, would you like to share what the Lord has showed you in that area, Minister Gloria? Yes. Um, here, as you said, the to me, the, the mountain, uh, I don't take it um, as a literal mountain. Um, it suggests almost like a like a, a massive volcano that had erupted. Um, and it's uh, spewing its uh, its lava like across the waters, the uh, the water, uh, the ocean waters. Um, it says that a third part of the cre- uh, and a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And it seems to me that God is contending to use fire um, uh, from this mountain. Uh, to dis- to cause destruction upon the waters and upon the life that is in the waters. Um, so I, I, there's an, uh, there's a, a, a reference uh, to uh, Jeremiah 51 and 25. There was a, another time when the Lord used uh, the same type of uh, thing to destroy. And it says here, Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain. Who destroys the whole earth declares the Lord, and I will stretch out my hand against you and roll you down from the crags, and I will make you a burnt out mountain. It's almost like the what he wants is to bring the effects of what this uh, burning mountain can bring 
Again, in um, Amos 7 and 4, it says, Thus the Lord God showed me, and behold, the Lord God was calling to contend with them by fire. And he consumed the great deep and began to consume the farmland as well. So th- in that instance, the Lord, uh, the Lord used the fire uh, to burn up the land. But in this case, the Lord is using the fire from this mountain, as, as it's called, or the, 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 uh, the prophetic word here uh, is using the analogy of a mountain. It might have been a, a volcano that the prophet was seeing, but uh, he's saying the fire from that mountain caused this destruction in the oceans. Uh, it burned up the waters. It burned up the life that was in the waters. Mm, I totally agree with you. I, I totally agree with you there because in Ezekiel uh, 38, verse 20, well, I'm going to read from verse 17 to describe who he's talking to. Um, and when we talk about mountains too, and he say, oh, great, uh, uh, you know, when the Lord is talking about mountains, it, it's a spiritual um, hierarchy as well. It's a, a hierarchy that exists. So he's saying, if you to that mountain, that mountain must move. It's not all the time that the Bible is talking about a physical uh, mountain that exists there. But we, as you had rightly said in the beginning, so in in seventeen of um, chapter Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight, it says, "Thus says the Lord God, or thou." He of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, said the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken, surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowl of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all of my mountains, which said the Lord God, even man's sword shall be against his brother, and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be it will I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So he's talking um, about also too um, blood being introduced into to this uh, into the earth, because you know in the time of Genesis. Um, when the Lord rained flood upon the earth, it said that the Lord opened up the crust, the crust of the earth, 
And it's like if the core of the earth is hot as even scientists have said that it is, open up, then something's going to boil in the water. Something is going to, it's not only going to be that there's a flood, but there's, there's going to be a burning in that water where nothing will be able to live. And so we have to um, look naturally. We have to look uh, spiritually. We have to look, uh, um, you know, in the eyes of God primarily. So, but the Lord is telling uh, Gog, he's speaking to, to Ezekiel, but he's speaking about Gog, about what is going to come. And we know that as time went on, uh, the, 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 recall, recon, um, the recalling of what the prophets had said before, we can see them in Revelations. We can see them also, too, transcending through the word of God throughout the Bible. And and um, so here we are, and the Lord is saying that He's going to to uh, cause this destruction, this great destruction in the earth, in the great tribulation, and many things are going to come. And so, would you like to share anything else in that area, also, to Minister Gloria? Any that the Lord has given you? Um, pretty much that's it. I mean, to me, the the uh, the Lord is definitely displaying His glory, His sovereignty over all of creation. Uh, he's able to, you know, He made it and He can take it out. He can destroy it, and clearly, He's shown that He knows what to do to yeah. bring about that destruction. It's it's no, um, it's not difficult for Him to do this, and He can do it across globally. You know. Uh, Across uh, large spans of uh, of regions and across bodies of water, uh, it seems in uh, him in a very easy way. By all means, I totally agree with you. And um, you know, he talks about some of this too. Again, when the bows are being released, he brings out again about, he says, Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the earth, on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. And every living creature in the sea died. So um, unless we go to the Greek and the Hebrew, and look at this and see exactly what is being said right then, then we will know. Um, Let me take a look here, because we do want to rightly divide the word of God, and I'm in agreement with you there. In Revelation 8. If anyone else have their concordance there, feel free to interject in. That would be great. Okay, so I'm looking at it, and it's saying that it's talking about literally of men or animals, figuratively the juice of grapes, or specifically the atoning blood of Christ by implication, bloodshed, also kindred blood. So in that particular scripture, 
Shema. That's what it stands. And it also has the interpretation of or definition uh, blood of man or animals refers to the seed of life of those things that resemble blood or grape juice. Um, so I believe in this particular context, that's where we go on. But when we get to um, the other part that we were speaking of, and I said, and I agree too, that the mountain is an entity because he said a great mountain. And I I believe that from a spiritual standpoint, we're talking about um, this antichrist type of um, hierarchy that is in existence that is coming down because Jesus said himself, he said, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And we talk about, um, when we talk about these antichrist hierarchies or principalities of wickedness, um, when he talks about Gog, he's mentioning that there will be, surely in that day, there will be a great shaking. Would you like to share anything else there? Um, What I want to say is that, you know, when something affects the larger bodies of water, it's going to affect smaller springs of water, lakes, rivers, um, and then those in turn will affect mankind um, as it, you know, branches off into these smaller veins and into communities and uh, starts to affect life. And uh, that will lead to the blood in the waters because uh, people will die. People will, uh, they'll be, they will die in these waters for sure from the fires. By all means, I totally agree. That is going to be a huge effect because, again, we depend on water. Water is, right now, they say that water is, we only have 2% good water in the earth uh, mm-hmm. and globally. So that's not a lot, although that we have a large uh, part of the earth that is 75% of water, there's only um, 2% of that water that is good water for mankind. So we really should pay a close attention to this about how it could affect the world um, globally, although that a lot of the um, things that are coming forth according to the word of God is um at a you know at a particular area or nation does not mean that uh, at times when the lord is speaking of a nation that he's not talking about a people so we have to also take that into consideration as well we we want to um make sure that everyone out there that is listening that if you are a part of the body of christ you want to listen to the solution that we're going to bring out shortly. So we're going to move on to the third trumpet being sounded. It says a third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. 
and the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of waters because they were more were made bitter. They were made bitter, and that that too in itself is serious. And um, a lot of things are happening after each trumpet is blowing, and. This is a part of the great tribulations. Again, I want to remind the body of Christ. It's a part of the great tribulations. And it says, you know, that waters are becoming bitter. And Minister Gloria talked about that a little bit before, you know. A third part of the rivers are suddenly and violently polluted polluted by what appears to be a giant a burning, um, possibly a burning meteorite, you know, we don't know, because it, that that's what man's picture of it is, but we don't know really how that is going to occur. And it says it affects the water table, the underground reservoirs, as I said, um, in Genesis chapter um, Six, seven, and eight. We can find again that the earth crust opened up in the waters, and and that's very hot. Um, upon contact, it causes a part of the water to become wormwood. Let Let's talk about that because again, this is serious things, and and water becoming bitter, not good anymore for drinking, not good for bathing. We we know that when some of the waters became untainted in some of the areas of the United States, you know, when people were breathing in it, they were getting rashes. Um, what would you like to say in that area, Minister um, Gloria? You know, I, I want to make the distinction here between verses uh, 9 and verses uh Eleven in verse nine, it talked about a great mountain burning, and to me that suggested like some kind of volcano um, burning. Um, but in this verse, it talks about, uh, and I'm just going to go there again to verse eleven, uh, and the name of the star. So it's calling this one a star, not a mountain. And for that reason, I'm thinking that whatever this is, it's coming from the heavens. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. Now, it's interesting that it's called Wormwood because actually Wormwood is the name of a plant that is found in the Middle East. Uh, and it's known for its bitter taste. Um, it's, a, it's alluded to in, in other verses. Uh, so the, the, the word Wormwood is figurative for bitterness. Uh, and here we have, uh, and again, again, I'm referring to the verse, uh, verse 11, and the name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood. So it's saying that the, a third of the waters became bitter or became polluted with whatever this star was bringing, whatever dust, whatever was in the uh, the dust of this meteor or this uh uh this star it's calling it whatever is whatever contamination is in that dust 
it's as it fell into the waters, it contaminated the waters of the earth with this bitterness. And many died, it says, of the waters because they were made bitter. Uh, so the name Wormwood means bitterness, and but I believe this is a star or some, something coming from the heavens as opposed to some kind of mountain that's already on the earth. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm saying I'm in agreement with you. I totally agree with you um, about what you're saying. In Isaiah, um, let me see, Isaiah chapter 14, when the Lord is talking about, um, he's talking to Lucifer, and I'm I'm reading from verse uh, 12. It said, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stores of God. And I will set also upon the mountain of the congregations in the side of the north. And I will ascend from the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see shall uh, narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the houses of the prisoners? And, and it goes on and on about who he is. And then it goes uh, down to 19. I I'm, I'm want to get to the part where it says, that go down to the stones of the pit as carcass trodden under the feet. And he talks about where, of course, where he's going, where his actual place is. And so, you know, we know that um, Satan was considered as a star or Lucifer was considered as a star. Let me not mix uh, entities. But Luther was, Lucifer was considered as a star, and he, he's a fallen star. And um, when, we, when you talk about something falling from the, uh, the sky, yeah, um, I would tend to say, yes, it's, it's a type of entity uh, that is coming down from the heavens and coming into the earth. So I totally agree with you there. He said um, there fell a great star from heaven. And we know that stars fall from the sky where the, which the natural eye can see. But I believe that this is something um, bigger and powerful that can actually, that's not going to die out. Because the stars that we see that fall from the sky, they die out before they reach the earth. Um, but this one is going to be a burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. And the name of the sword is called Wormwood. Um, so it's going to be bitter, as you said. I agree with you uh, there about um, the plant because it is true that there is a plant that is called Wormwood and it is bitter to the taste. But this one is making many men die 
of the waters. So what do you perceive anything at this time? You know, I'm looking and I'm thinking about Ebola, um, how, you know, people were drinking the water and, and, and it was infested through um, bats who were carrying this Ebola virus. And we have these other animals um, that also too that linger around waters like the malaria, um, the they call it the Nile virus in some places, but it's all stemmed from um, uh, insects or mosquitoes, I should say, that dwell around water. Um, what what are your thoughts about that? And and I'm not drawing a conclusion on this because. Um, you know, we don't know how it's going to happen, but we can see some of these things coming about. What well, would you like to see? It's interesting. We talked about before the great mountain burning. You know, uh, when I think of mountains, sometimes in the spiritual place, we think about uh, something as an idol uh, can be raised up as a, you know, like a spiritual mountain in our lives, mm-hmm. and here the Lord, uh, the Lord has burning mountains, and it's, uh, these burning mountains have contaminated the very life as represented in the blood. The idols mm-hmm. have contaminated the morality, the life, the spiritual life of mankind, for which humanity mm-hmm. is being judged. And then it talks about the stars falling from heaven to, again, mm-hmm. contaminate uh, the rivers. And um, here again, we're talking about... Uh, Things falling, the things coming down, um, uh, the creation that God gave us, that things are falling around us. And, and it's coming down with this name of Wormwood, bitterness. Has a man become like bitterness? And is that why God has chosen, in particular, this star, Wormwood, to punish because man has turned with a bitterness toward God, against God. And so here God is using his creation and, and this, uh, this uh, name that he chooses. You know, God, God chooses very carefully the names that he calls things. And uh, Wormwood, what, what an incredible message. To me, this is a, a great message uh, that he's bringing forth out of the stars, the, out of the heavens, a star called Wormwood or bitterness has fallen into the waters, and it kills mankind. Uh, it destroys, and again, uh, blood is shed. Again, the life is gone because of bitterness. So uh, I'm I'm seeing some spiritual things here. Um, uh, a lot of representation here, uh, spiritual representation. Yeah, and and. And, and you know what, I agree with you because it's a natural and a um, spiritual thing. And mm-hmm. I, I I can say that I I totally believe with you that um, definitely there is a spirit of bit- bitterness, um, mm-hmm. you know, that bears different fruits in the earth. And it does manifest from what being tainted by uh, the pollution uh, of the world, so we have um, a good, we have the good and godliness that dwells in Christ Jesus, and we have um, 
the other side, the demonic side. And and I do believe that a lot of the body of Christ is being worn out, that it's being um, polluted, um, and the spirit of bitterness is coming across not only the body of Christ, but in the world you see people walking around angry. There's not hardly any smiles. Uh, mm-hmm. In the world, and also to, and I'm not trying to decree this, and nor am I uh, trying to Nate say and that everybody is like that. No, because I don't believe that the whole body of Christ is like that. Nor do I believe that the whole world is like that. But what I believe is that, yeah, there can be a spirit of bitterness that is in, comes out in the earth to that will destroy man. It can destroy man. If if we're not careful and if we don't cling to the vine, Jesus Christ, and continue to sup with them and continue to uh, have, you know, go into repentance mode with him and ask him to keep us aligned to his will and fruitful in his glory. And I, I, there are so many things that we could say that could bring forth bitterness, and pride would be the upper layer of it all. Pride, Mm -hmm. uh, the pride of what Lucifer, the pride of Satan. Um, When Lucifer uh, came down, he had a pride. He's like, I'm going to ascend up here. I'm going to do these things. Um, How many people are trying to climb higher, um, which stimulates competition? How many people are trying to be seen um, how many people are trying to, and and then when it doesn't turn out the way that it is, you know, the the uh, rebellion sets in. The the so many things stimulates from it. Pride. Um, Jezebel, uh, she was one of the um, carriers of of the spirit of of um, so. She was releasing uh, certain things in the earth, uh, an evil spirit of control, which brought bitterness in 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 uh, Israel. Um, so that that in itself can cause um, those type of things. Um, being in beguiling environment uh, can cause bitterness because the person will know that. No, I'm being beguiled. No, I'm I'm being cheated. No, I'm being uh, misled. No, um, something is not right about this. And if they remain in that environment, eventually they will they will some bitterness will come in because they will be trained uh, to think what is right and wrong, what is fair, instead of holding on to the tree of life that gives us um that the holy spirit that's going to keep us effective and right in the eyes of god not in the eyes of man see fair fairness of what is good and evil uh based on man's thoughts is not the same of what it is in god's eyes and so if if we focus on what is fair what is right all the time a lot of times that's where we will miss the mark because we will become bitter because there will be no fairness. There will be nothing that is uh, right because in in this world system, you understand, unless the world system 
adapts the nature of Jesus Christ. That that's what I would say. So go ahead, go ahead and finish um, your point as well, please. Well, here again, though, we have something a, a natural element that should be something that is a gift to mankind. As as we said before, the grass. Uh, was burned up and it could no longer produce fruit. And the grass is a natural element that is a great gift to mankind uh, in many ways. And now here we have the waters becoming contaminated with wormwood or bitterness, and they're not able to uh, refresh mankind. They're no longer able to be a source uh, of, of uh, for nourishment or life. Uh, but instead they are poison, the waters. So uh, the, the natural elements are becoming uh, uh, as uh, objects for death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree, and Let's let's look at the solution since time is moving on. Let's let's look at the solution for some of these. We'll pick back up uh next week, um, eleven AM Eastern Standard Time. We'll pick up again as we're talking about uh the trumpets blowing, the seven trumpets blowing. We'll pick up with the fourth one next week. But for now, let's talk about the solution. There is always a solution to these trips to these tribulations that are going to be uh, faced in the earth. Let's talk about how we can avoid them. What can we do in Christ Jesus, especially to avoid the bitterness um, in the spirit, the the bitterness that will come forth um, by wormwood and spiritually, and then let's talk about how we can avoid uh, even the bitterness that will come in the natural as well. How can we avoid um, facing these great mountains? Um, that uh, how can we even face them, even though that they come? All of these things come. How can we overcome them? How can we face them, and not be a part of all of these things that are going on? Because um, as I said before, in Revelation six, it tells us that these things are not going to come um, until. Uh, the sealing of the remnant of those that remain as witnesses of our Lord and Savior in the truth and spirit of God, uh, not with their own agenda, not with having um, the desires of this world so great that they won't hold on to the kingdom of God, that they will not cling to our Lord and Savior, that they will not stop uh, supping at the vine uh, to bear the right fruit of our Lord and Savior for his glory for his sovereign will. How can we avoid it, uh, Minister uh, Gloria? Well, we're talking about uh, idolatry, and we're talking about mountains, uh, which to me, uh, again, the idolatry, but it brings forth pride, arrogance, laying down the things that would make our, um, our spiritual life not be in line with the Lord's ways. And uh, anything that would uh, that we're allowing to attack our spiritual growth, I would say to examine ourselves and to repent 
and do away with those things that are contrary to the word of God, to the will of God, to the design of God for us. If uh, here the Lord's wrath, he's just destroying everything that he created so beautifully and called good at the beginning. And in that, in the midst of that, he puts humanity. And here at the end, uh, he comes in with such wrath and displaying uh, this wrath and just destroying everything he made. Um, I would say quickly, repent, <laughs> uh, and just lay it down. Uh, it, it talks about how the locusts in the beginning were not to touch those that had the mark of the Lord on them. And so I'm, I'm believing that the Lord will spare his people. And that, that is a great mercy, um, grace, love of God for us. Uh, but we want to be counted in the elect. And so we have to do our part. We have to know, choose, choose uh, who we belong to and understand uh, the, the requirements of God for our lives and to obey and to follow him. Uh, we have to choose daily to walk in, in, the, in the presence of God and to live out his word in our lives and to represent him well in this earth. Amen. Amen. I want to just read a little bit of what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. He said, For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of grace, of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages were not made known unto the sons of men, as it, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets, by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and the partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace, the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who I am less than the least of all saints is is this grace given, and I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to me, all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God, created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and Heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. 
Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your, your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know that the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now I say this, that, Paul said a whole lot of things off in this. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we look at the gifts that Paul told us to seek, the higher gifts, he said, seek the higher callings, and he called the prophetic and the apostolic of great importance. But many of us have come to a gift, and we know that gift. But we haven't come to the levels that Paul had admonished us to be because we stopped seeking. We said, oh, I have a gift, so this is far enough for me. But Paul told us to seek the higher gifts and the higher callings. Why? We need the revelation of God in the body of Christ, in the church. We need the prophetic. We need the apostolic to bring it into the proper order and to the same likeness that the Lord had uh founded through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Ephesians chapter 4 to build up the body of Christ, to go ye into the world to preach the gospel, and to understand the intent of the principalities and powers that are in heavenly places that will come against the, the body of Christ, against the church. And we need the manifold of wisdom that comes to God because he said, be crafted in the serpent. We can't do it ourselves. We need the Lord to give us the revelation on how to do that. Lest we keep getting striped with the bitterness, the root of Satan, Lucifer, who wants to destroy that which we have access to because he no longer has access to it. He was already judged from the heavens. We have access. We have an opportunity to experience Jesus Christ. Not only here in the earth, but we have an opportunity to experience Jesus Christ in the heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, in the heavenly abode of our Lord Jesus Christ, to be seated in heavenly places with him. And to be seated in heavenly places with him is not only then, but even now, even now. The dominion and power has been given back to the body of Christ through Jesus Christ. Why must we be lazy? Why must we sit it down? He has given it to us. Why? To, again, we need to continue to build, empower, and equip the body of Christ to stand faithful in our Lord and Savior. 
that we will not fall, that we will not slumber, that we will not uh, take on bitterness and hold on to it and it becomes a, a, a root in our soul that we will not experience, that we will not have the seal of our Lord and Savior upon us. We need the seal. We need to receive that seal. And it doesn't come from men. It's not something that men can come put up on your forehead. It is not a seal that can come from uh, men giving, ordaining you and giving you a piece of paper and saying that you are now licensed and ordained in Christ Jesus. It is not a seal that can come from anyone that is standing out there listening to you in the audience because you're standing behind the pulpit. It is not a seal that comes from uh, the, the works that you will be doing without faith. It's a seal that comes from our Heavenly Father, El Roy, who sees all, who knows all. It is not something that's going to come based on all of the works you do with your gifts. It is something that comes from El Roy, who knows all, who sees all, who searches the heart of man, who knows when you're slumbering, who knows when you have fallen, who knows that when you have not repented. It comes from him. So it's something that we have to seek and we have to be more vigilant about it. We have to be more violent about it. Not only uh, when I'm saying violent, I'm saying violent with ourselves. Violent to say, get up out of the bed and seek the Father in the morning, as Job said. When he was going through his trial and tribulation, Joel said, he said, the bitterness in his soul. In Job 7, he said there was a bitterness in his soul. He said, in 11, he said, therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. But he said, I am a sea or a well that thou settest a, a watch over me. He's talking to who? He's talking to God. When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scarest me with dreams and terrify me through visions. There are many people experiencing these things right now. He says, so that my soul chooses, chooses strangling and death rather than my life. He said, I loathe it. I will not live all way. Let my let me alone for my days are vanity. What is a man that thou shouldest magnify him, and thou thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, and thou shouldest visit him every morning, and try him every moment? How long wilt thou not depart from me, or nor let me alone till I swallow down my spittle? extreme bitterness that he's experiencing here. He says, I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee? O thou preserver of men, why hast thou set me as a mark against thee so that I am burdened to myself? And why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away mine iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the dust and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. So he's saying it to the point that, you know, he's ready to die. He's ready to let go because of this bitterness that he's experienced. And there's many out there that are experiencing it now. But I tell you that it's not unto death. I'm going to say it again. It is not unto your death. 
uh, Job was restored, and Job was considered righteous in the eyes of God, but yet there was an extreme bitterness that was in his soul from all of the affliction that he was experiencing. But there is a restoration season. There is a time that the bitterness is going to be cleansed from your blood. And I'm not going to go there, but just read Job uh, chapter 3. The Lord says that he will restore his children and that he will cleanse the blood. And, and all you have to do is continue seeking it. The Bible says, draw nigh to him, and he will draw nigh to you. Don't let go. Don't give up because the season and the time will come that the Lord will visit you and you will say, yes, there is a king of kings and that there's a Lord of lords in the heavens. There is a master that is coming to save my day. Your tomorrow will not, your yesterday will not be your tomorrow. Cling to Jesus Christ because, you know, the bitterness that you may uh, experience, it doesn't mean it, it, there's an expected end for you that are in Christ. But for those that are without Christ, there is no expected end. The Bible says that there's coming a day that uh, every tongue, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every one of them. But the question is, is when the confession comes, when the bowing comes, will you inherit the kingdom of God? Will you walk through the pearly gates with Jesus Christ, or will you enter in hell? Everybody's going to bow. Every knee will confess that, yes, he is Lord. The demons confessed it in the earth before him when he was here. But the question is, is when you bow, when you confess that he is Lord, you will do it. Everyone will do it. But will you enter into the pearly gates? Will you be judged that you have the seal on your forehead? Will you be the one that he calls up? into the clouds before the destruction comes into the earth. Will you be that one? I can't tell you. You can't tell yourself, but God can. Read the word of God. Spend some time in the Lord. Ask him for divine revelation. Tell him to take you higher into his the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Seek him fervently. Seek him violently. Seek him vigilantly. Be determined. Be persistent. Be consistent in your search. No one can do it for, for you. It's something that you have to drive yourself and say, I am getting up today to serve the Lord. I will decree the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will not hide who I am in the Lord. I will not hide and go down because someone has said something to me that I didn't want to hear, I didn't like. I will continue to press in and seek the Lord. And that is what I will say in this hour that body of Christ, press in. For those that do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity to know him. This is an opportunity to not second guess anymore that if Jesus is for real or if Jesus is not for real, if God is for real, if God is not for real. What if perhaps it's a 50 50 
uh, thought process that you have right now, yes or no? And what if it is true and you die today? What if it is true and you continue to live your life until you have your last, last breath? in the manner and the way that you have chosen. There is a fun place in God, and there's a fun place in the world. But there's nothing like the fun place in God, because in God, with the Spirit of the Lord, you will have life, and life more abundant. And the joy that comes without understanding, even though that you're being pressed, the joy is still there, because you know that, you have the Lord. But when you're outside and you have that bitterness, you, it's like, why don't I just kill myself and die? That is not your portion. It's a time to live. It's a choice to live now in Christ Jesus. And what I would say to you, I'm not going to give you uh, uh, an agenda word. I'm not going to give you something that has been Uh, Stated over and over again, give yourself to Christ. No, because it's an intimate thing. It's a relationship thing. And it's a covenant thing. And what are you giving into covenant? You're giving your eyes. You're giving your nose. You're giving your ears. You're giving your tongue. You're giving your mouth. You're giving your feelings. You're giving your emotions. You're giving everything to God. Giving your whole being unto God. And you letting go and you surrender and you say, yes, I accept you, Jesus Christ, in my life. I accept you wholly and abundantly, and I want you to come in and dine with me. I want you to live in me. I want you to feed me. I want you to hold me and protect me. I want you to shield me. I want you to be everything in my life. I want you in my home. I want you in my heart. I want you on every journey I take. I want you in my job. I want you on every step I take, God. And I want you to, I want to learn of your word. I want to open up myself to receive your word. And I want to fellowship with those that are in Christ Jesus like you, Lord. Lead me to that place. I want you in my dreams. I want you in everything. And he will do that. The Lord will reveal himself. Ask him, reveal yourself to me, God. Show me that you are the one. And he will do that. If you give him that chance, if you're really seeking it, don't just stand up and say, oh, Lord, reveal yourself to me in in, in some kind of magical way. No. What you're doing is you really earnestly seeking the Lord, and he will reveal himself to you. He will show you the way. When you wake up in the morning, good morning, Abba Father. Good morning, Jesus Christ. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. And just continue to read your Bible every day and continue to ask him, show me the way to a genuine fellowship in you, God, that's going to share the word of God with with me, that's going to help me to grow, that's going to build me up to be a disciple in Christ Jesus unto your glory in your sovereign will. And he will do that because he loves you. He said he came for all. He came for all. So if you have committed a sin, 
and you now know it to be sin, then there's an opportunity to repent because he said in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 10, he is faithful and just to forgive you for all of your sins. So I'm talking about a sinner who doesn't know what they're doing, but they've been doing it. And and even as you give yourself to to the Lord, you're going to walk and you're going to find out he's going to start revealing to you there's there's sin here, there's sin there. He's pruning and shaping you into his likeness. And what you want to do is let it go and continue walking in him. Let those sinful natures that he's revealing to you, let them go. Let them go so that you can experience Christ Jesus and just say, I don't want it anymore. I want Jesus Christ. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. And And he will continue to do that. He's going to be the bride, I mean the groom, and you're going to be his bride. So don't go committing adultery on him. Don't become an adulteress. Because when you are married to the groom, you want to stay married to the groom. James chapter 4. So that's my final words for today. And I'm opening up again to Minister Gloria. If you have any final words that you would like to share with the body of Christ, feel free to do so. You know, Paul called himself a, a, a prisoner of Jesus Christ because he had submitted himself so totally to the Lord. But it was only because he did that, uh, he talks about the mysteries, uh, the knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Uh, He only knows about the mystery because he received revelation from the Lord once he was submitted to the Lord. It's not possible to receive revelation of the mysteries of Christ or the mysteries of God, if we're not submitted spiritually to him, we don't put ourselves in a position uh, to receive the things of the spirit. Uh, but, But Paul here is able to receive those mysteries, and he receives them not just for himself, but he receives them for, in this case, the Gentiles. He receives them inviting the Gentiles to come into the church and to become a part of the kingdom. And to that end, he is a great minister. He becomes that as a vessel in the hands of God for others, to bring others into the kingdom, to bring forth the word of God. We can't be used of God if, we're not, if we don't position ourselves humbly before God and offer God everything about ourselves. If we don't repent of sin and have a, a, a clean heart, a pure mind, and a spirit submitted to Christ. Because we can't receive his revelation, and so we, we, can't, we can't put forth fruit that we can't produce. Uh, so we become as, as a fruitless uh, in, in the body. Um, here in verse 4, he says, Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. In other words, when you begin to read it for yourself, then you'll begin to understand what he already knows, what what Paul already knows in the mystery of Christ. This is a mystery, and unless we begin to read the word of God, we'll never reach 
the levels that Paul had reached in his knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll be forever like babes trying to figure out what in the world is Paul trying to tell me. He's trying to tell me about Christ, about God, about getting saved, but we'll never have an understanding of it uh, if, if we don't uh, submit and begin to read the word for ourselves as well. Uh, I wanted to go here to... Uh, I just wanted to read 2 Timothy uh, 3.15. It says, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So even even as a child we can begin uh to know God through the Bible, uh, how important it is to even teach children the word because they can actually begin to understand if they're in the word, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the sacred writings, <clears throat> which are able to give us wisdom. And that wisdom leads us to salvation in Christ, through faith in Christ Jesus. So I would just admonish everyone, um, exhort everyone actually, to uh, to get before God, to get into the Word, to ask the Lord to help you to, to to give you the understanding of the mystery that is Christ Jesus. That is the mystery. It's Christ Jesus um, Himself, who was once hidden from us because we were in sin, but now He is revealed to us uh, as we repent, as we come to Him, as we. Uh, humble ourselves before him as we begin to lay down the idols that we tend to lean on in the world and we look to him and we open our hearts, our spirits, our minds to the Lord, uh, we begin to see this wonderful mystery who is Jesus Christ. In Colossians uh, 1 and 27, it says, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God wants to reveal this to us. He wants to offer us the riches of his glory. He wants to live among us as the Holy Spirit. Um, he wants to give us hope for, for an eternal future a hope of glory in Christ Jesus. But we've got to position ourselves to receive all of that. And we were able to receive it through the word of God, through the knowledge of the word of God. It prepares our spirit to receive it. How beautiful it is to have the Holy Spirit to be in us. And the Bible says that greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. But we've got to let go of the things of the world because they will be a hindrance to the things of the Spirit. So we can't say that, well, I've got the Holy Spirit in me, but I'm going to continue in a, in a worldly mode. It, it, it just won't come together. Um, the, the things of the world will tend to get in the way, and they don't have the capacity to carry the things of the Spirit. So, again, to lay down the idols, to look to the Lord, to read the word, to stay humble before him, and to want for yourself what the Lord wants for you. 
that you should understand the mystery, the great mystery of Christ and who he is in your life, the, the, the wonderful Redeemer and Savior, the one who gives us an eternal life through his death on the cross, and to receive that, to receive that in its totality, and to know that we are forgiven, loved, redeemed, that we have an eternal future in Christ Jesus. Amen. Bless Amen. the Lord. We do have a few we callers on the call. So I want to open up the lines um, to give everyone an opportunity to share your thoughts or if you have any prayer requests, please state your name and the state or city where you're calling from. Um, callers, the line is open if you have any prayer requests or if you have any insights that you would like to share based on the topic that we spoke on, feel free to do so at this time. Um, this is this is the Reverend Shelby, and I would like to uh, say on what we just talked about uh, about the angels and um, the vials that uh, that we were talking about the fire. I believe that uh, that the angel is expressing the the prayers because what comes to mind is the prayers of the righteous availeth much, and when we pray. Righteously before our Heavenly Father These are prayers that have been answered That the fire comes upon the evil one And when the shouts about the star that came down Lucifer was kicked out Because of his bitterness And because of his his wanting to uh, take over And to do what he needed to do But when he came down he came He became bitter because now he was no longer uh, the, in heaven anymore. He became on earth, and you saw God's creation. And now that he saw that, what he had created, man and woman, he has set his own heart against to kill them. But our prayers, our prayers that of the righteous avail as much to take over, on and that and that us the fire. That the fire that we speak out on uh, on on the evil one is letting us give us the power of God to uh, that He wants to show His power on each and every, to each and every one of us of who God is. He is powerful. He is God. And as we pray wholeheartedly and righteously before Him, as He leads us by His Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. And we always say, cat, bind it up, and we cast it to hell and burn it up with Holy Ghost fire. Well, we see this, and he's showing us the revelation of what his word can do for his children. Amen. Um, do we, is there anyone else? Do you have any insights you would like to share or um, any prayer requests at this time? Okay, we will continue on. We're gonna, going to pray and close out and um, ask uh, that the Lord will forg- forgive um, the whole world for their sinful nature. Um, Father, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you will be merciful 
Uh, continue to exhibit the mercy that you have given us, O oh Lord, since the beginning of time in the earth. O oh Father, you said you were coming for the sinners and the sick, and we ask, O oh Lord, we plead that you would uh, heed the call and that you would open up the hearts of men, that you can come in and dine with them. Father, for there are many who know not, O oh Lord, but we ask in uh, the mighty name of Jesus, O oh Father, that you will move forward and that, that you would touch them divinely and reveal yourself mightily, O oh Father. The word of God says that you are revealed even in your very creation, O oh Father. Open up their eyes to see uh, the glory in, of you in it, O oh Father, that they will come to know and they will ponder and uh, uh, take revelation from you about uh, anything of this earth, O oh Lord, where you're revealing yourself in Jesus' mighty name. O oh Father, we ask for the body of Christ, O oh Lord, that you will continue to draw them nigh as they open up their hearts to draw nigh to you. And, Father, we pray that you will touch us, that you will hold us in your pinions and wings, that you will be a teacher to our body, our spirit, and our soul, that uh, we will be a, a uh, a light upon the hill, Father, illumining your glory throughout the world for others to come to know you as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, the, the lamb that was slain for the world, that we might uh, have access to the kingdom, that we might have access to uh, your righteousness, O Lord. And you said, seek ye the kingdom of God first and all your righteousness, and everything will be added. And so, therefore, Father, we ask, O Lord, that we be kept by the power of God, kept uh, seeking you, kept uh, desiring your righteousness, kept, O Lord, uh, in the area of where things can be added to us, that we can be fruitful and multiply as we suck from your vine, and that uh, the right fruits will be bared out, O Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, because with all things we can do nothing without you. And Father, we ask, O Lord, that you will uh, pierce through the heart of man and take away every bitter seed, every pain, every sorrow, Father, that will hinder them from their relationship with you, O Father. We ask, O Lord, that you will come in and cool the storm with the peace that comes without understanding through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, O Lord, uh, Yahweh Shalom, O Father, come forth, O Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we ask, O Lord, that you will move the works of the enemy forth from us, from for your children. Far away, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name, that you will protect and shield us from all harm, all manifestations of darkness, O oh Lord. And Father, you said that uh, as we walk on the path, you will order our steps, O oh Father. We desire to be ordered. We desire uh, to walk in your steps with a kingdom mandate, O oh Father, that we will remain steadfast and movable, abiding in it, in your sovereign will for man. Mankind, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Um, so we're going to, amen. So we will be closing out uh, at this time, and we ask that you will come to join us on the Kingdom Mandate next week as we continue through Revelation chapter 8. Uh, we're talking about the great uh, trumpets, and you can go and read about it as well in um, Revelations on chapter 9. And we, the seventh trumpet is mentioned in Revelations chapter 11, 15 through 19. So you can be with us as we come back again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Kingdom Mandate. We thank you for calling in and listening to us. We also thank 
all, to everyone who has been listening online, we just also appreciate uh, those that are in Russia, um, Japan, um, China, uh, Malaysia, um, Mexico. We God bless you all. Canada, the United States of America, we lift you up and please keep us lifted up in prayers as well. And uh, to the United Kingdom, uh, all over the world, Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, God bless you all. Kenya, Uganda, God bless you all for listening in. And may the great Lord, our King of Kings, the Master of our day, uh, the Mighty One of Israel, may he be upon your hearts. May he bless you in abundance, and may he keep you all the days of your life uh, in, the day, in the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Um, thanks again to Minister uh, Gloria Vasquez, and uh, we'll be back here again next week again at 11 a.m. God bless you all. Grace of God be with you.